Hey guys, guess what? We're in episode 10. We broke into double digits, just like all of our bank accounts. But hey, two weeks to flatten the curve, right? I swear to God, I'm becoming that fake head from Total Recall. Because if I hear the phrase two weeks one more time, I'm going to fucking explode. Shout out to Wind Energy, who made this next section of the podcast possible. So I got a cool email this week. When you're signed up for podcast distribution, you're always getting spammed with this or that that promises to make you better, reach a larger audience, yada, yada, yada. This was a subscription service that would give me a bunch of stats. It, of course, would be no help whatsoever and would only exist to stroke my ego. You people have no idea how much restraint I have. The email said that I was the number three government podcast in Canada on iTunes. It didn't back it up, but I looked on iTunes, and sure enough, I'm in the top 15 new government podcasts worldwide, and number nine in a category of some kind that didn't have a heading. I thought they were a little bit better over there, but whatever. So whether you listen to this while you're working on your car in Estevan, Saskatchewan, while you're crushing the glass ceiling in Airdrie, Alberta, or while you're performing open-heart radiology in Toronto, we all know where Toronto is. Thank you. You people are incredible, and I appreciate the fact that you spend time with me. And now, your number one source for what's happening in Canada today. From the mind that brought you 222 minutes, this is my 222 cents. Three, two, one. Well, I saw a new one on Twitter this week, and while it was incredibly stupid, I really shouldn't have been that surprised. We need to follow lockdowns because the science is settled. All branches of science are constantly evolving. Biologists discover new species. Chemists develop new compounds. Physicists rework long-standing theories. Do we really want to stick our necks out and say that pathology and climate science are the only settled sciences ever in the history of every science that's ever been scientific? It's always that you have to trust the science right up until the point where someone wants to know exactly how many genders there are. By the way, trust the science is the most unscientific statement you can make. The entire point of the scientific method is to question things. And if you ever question any of these people, no matter how wild their claims are, you're a COVID-idiot or a climate denier. To the best of my knowledge, there have been two peer-reviewed studies written linking climate change and natural disasters. One, in 1991, linked Canadian wildfires to it, and to quote the summary, then the odds of subset to space close bracket. Seriously. This was a peer-reviewed study that didn't even get edited, and it had more mistakes in it than an unscripted speech by Joe Biden. Then, in 2019, the Liberals sponsored a scholarly article linking forest fire severity to climate change. 
They threw this around every social media site and interview they could finagle with reckless abandon for several days until people started looking closer at it and someone pointed out that almost all of the forest fires in question were caused by arson. At this point, the study was quietly shelved, never to be spoken of again. So, friendly heads up. The next time someone talks to you about climate change causing extreme weather events, ask them to cite a source. They won't, because the only two in existence are both a bigger goddamn mess than the back of Joe Biden's pants. If the science is settled, why are we still funding research for it? Why is it that when I ask people this, they give me resting Hillary Clinton face? If the science on climate change is settled, why have none of the plethora of doomsday predictions been right yet? Why have none of their general predictions been right yet? When the predictions don't match the data, they just roll out another cutesy name. When the Earth didn't warm for 17 straight years, totally against all predictions, they said it was just the pause. What the hell is the pause? How does it fit into your modeling? Where is the explanation? There isn't one. You can't just give something a sexy name and hope no one asks about it. Hey Jim, what's the deal with that freezer full of dead prostitutes? Oh that? I call it the cooler. Fair enough, that's a great name. I won't ask any more questions. So, where do you keep the beer then? See, it doesn't work. People want answers, and it shouldn't be some kind of heresy to point out obvious flaws in methodology. Again, questioning narratives isn't a bad thing. There can't be any sacred cows. And still, we have one side whose entire presence in this argument is to say shut up and don't ask questions. The thought of someone having the audacity to not immediately accept opposing ideas or even questioning theirs, makes them angrier than Jan Arden at a couple's barbecue. But all it does is raise more questions. This is exactly why people buck against it. The CBC recently reported on a study published in Geophysical Research Letters, which said that the Earth is warming because of a reduction in the amount of pollution in the air over the past year. That's right. Pollution is causing the Earth to warm up. Reducing pollution is causing the earth to warm up. Do you see the problem here? It's a catch triple two. This isn't the first time that climate science has contradicted itself. I mean, just look at how many times the name has changed in the past several decades. If you say you have questions about any of this, you are a climate denier and therefore evil. But that goes against the scientific method which tells us to constantly test and question. They say the polar bears are dying. Climate change is killing them. We need to trust the indigenous people. They're in touch with nature. Except when they say that polar bear populations are on the rise. Then we ignore them just like we do their drinking water. Everywhere is warming up at two or three times the rate that everywhere else is warming up. This group is disproportionately affected. That group is disproportionately affected. The third group is disproportionately affected. How can you have every group being disproportionately affected at the same time? Mathematically, this is impossible. This minority headline shit needs to stop. It's what clickbait was in 2017. 
Nine signs that a shark may have bitten your face off. You'll never believe number four. You can't make a political statement nowadays without the words disproportionately affected. Well, you know what's disproportionately affected? My fucking patience for this idiotic bullshit. Kamala Harris is three months away from being the first ever female president of the United States, but it's only because Joe Biden has been disproportionately affected by Alzheimer's and a set of fucking stares. This dude is so old, frail, and confused that even Hillary Clinton could make his death look natural. The whole idea behind the climate change movement is commendable. It's continuous improvement and iterative progress. By the time I hit the third episode of this podcast, I wanted to re-record the first one because I know it can be that much better. I can change it. I can fix it. I can make it look like the old stuff never even happened. And that's exactly what is going on with the climate change zealots. If you forgot about global cooling and the new ice age and the ozone layer and the oil shortage and acid rain and global warming, you'll be able to recognize that this time they'll be better. They won't screw it up. They have come up with a name that catches everything. If it gets cold, it's climate change. If it gets hot, it's climate change. If it remains a balmy 21 degrees, it's climate change. This is what people call a post hoc ergo propter hoc logical fallacy. And if you're on the other side of things, you're probably just as bad. Saying that the climate has changed, is changing, and will continue to change isn't an argument. That can be happening at the same time as man-made emissions are fucking things up for us. There's room for criticism on both sides of this here. Now look, I'm the first to agree that we should do what we can to reduce emissions, but we need to have clear heads about the data we're being shown because we're making a lot of important decisions based on it. Asking questions when contradicting or unsubstantiated claims are presented as sacrosanct doesn't make me an asshole, it makes you an asshole. I don't care where you are in the climate debate, and that's something that actually does exist on a spectrum. We need to acknowledge something. Climate science in its present form is a model that can't get the most basic things right, is constantly fucking up, is continually being sensationalized despite never accomplishing anything, too much of it's artificially inflated, and the only reason why it's in the limelight at all is because of smart publicists. Basically, it's the Kim Kardashian of science. United Airlines has announced that they will abolish the idea of hiring the best possible people they can find to fly their planes. This will be done by making sure that 50% of the new pilots trained in the next decade are selected based on gender and skin color quotas. Now, I know what you're thinking. Two Minute Man, this is wrong. Safety needs to be more important than the skin color of the people flying. I hear ya. I'm right with you on this. You want a competent mechanic and you don't care if his name looks like someone threw up an entire can of alphagetti. You want the best brain surgeon regardless of whether they're capable of filling out a bra. But you're not seeing a great opportunity here. What industry in the world could possibly be better to get more women involved in than one where they will never, ever, ever, ever ever be required to parallel park.
A volcano is erupting on the island of St. Vincent right now. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's a tropical island right near Barbados. My ex-wife always wanted me to take her there, and now that it's become a primordial death trap, I wish I'd have listened to her. And interestingly enough, the people running the evacuation effort are demanding proof of vaccination. Imagine there's a fucking volcano erupting behind you and you're stopping everyone on the way out to check their paperwork. In a few short months, we went from vaccine passports are a conspiracy theory to sacrificing the unvaccinated pagans to an angry volcano. Sophie Trudeau started in a short video for the Liberal Party last week where she was cheerleading the party and all of their off-the-page leftist ideas. Now, maybe this is because I think she's a vapid idiot, but it just doesn't resonate. This woman is harder to listen to than an unscripted speech by Joe Biden. Seriously, the man sounds like the 90s classic rap song Informer played at quarter speed. But I digress. She doesn't have the self-assurance of someone with actual clout to back it. She's just a mostly pretty face with a strangely square mouth, reading talking points like the kid in a grade 6 play who has two lines. Some of you may recall what happened to her when Justin first became Prime Minister. She fancied herself Canada's answer to Michelle Obama. She had two full-time nannies and a personal assistant despite not having an official position with the government. She then went on TV and complained about how overwhelmed she was and that the Canadian government needs to hire another full-time assistant for her. This was met with the famous hashtag Prayers for Sophie, where most people openly mocked how incredibly difficult it must be for her. She just assumed that because her husband had finally become noteworthy, that she was too, and that the world would be clamoring for her to become a ditzy Mother Teresa. Well, they didn't. Hell, even when We Charity got around to using her in public appearances, the only way it was made palatable was to have the sexiest man alive, Idris Elba, stand beside her. She wanted desperately to be a socialite, someone who's famous because they're famous. But it didn't work because it didn't register with any authenticity. She didn't have the air of someone who was helping a charity to help a charity. She came across as someone who just wanted attention. Gee, I wonder what Justin saw in her. She was just another liberal grifter and eventually moved slowly back into the shadows. But every once in a while, she does a little disingenuous guest spot on a liberal campaign ad that does absolutely nothing to strike a chord with everyday Canadians and, if anything, alienates them from the historically elitist party. So, naturally, I hope she keeps doing it. Breaking news. In New York last week, an anti-capitalist protester was trying to scale the wall of a bank and fell from about 10 feet up. The spray cans he had in his backpack leaked all the way onto the street while he lied there waiting for emergency services to arrive. On the bright side, he's finally grounded in reality now that the real world has hit him like a ton of bricks. Breaking news. Get it? Get it? Because cause he fell. He's, he's broken. 
and it's the breaking it's breaking news breaking news YouTube is starting to get rid of the likes and dislikes feature. This is in response to overwhelmingly negative public reception of most of the U.S. White House's videos. That's right. The most popular president ever, according to the official vote tally, is getting so lambasted on the internet that Silicon Valley is changing their OS to run cover for him. Apparently, People aren't big fans of unscripted speeches by Joe Biden. This is the same as when Netflix got rid of its one to five star rating system. Yeah. Remember when you could say how much you like to show rather than only giving it a thumbs up or down? It happened right after Amy Schumer got her first Netflix special. People hated it because, spoiler alert, it wasn't funny. In an effort to diminish the fallout from scathing reviews for that incredibly bad program, Netflix eliminated the entire rating system. And if you don't believe me, look at all the videos on YouTube of people watching Amy Schumer until they get bored. Spoiler alert, they're all five seconds long. Hell, there's one that has almost three million hits. That's more people than watch the Amy Schumer comedy special. This isn't about finding a better version of what you're doing. This isn't continuous improvement. It's about trying to hide dissenting voices. If you don't agree with me about this, I'll make sure that it looks like your opinion never happened. Does anyone else hate using government websites? They're more garbled than an unscripted speech by Joe Biden and have more missing links than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers alumni included. Oh, the lockdowns. For those of you who haven't heard about it, a church in Alberta has been in the spotlight recently for refusing to shut down. Grace Life Church in Spruce Grove was without its minister for over a month because he was in jail for refusing to close up shop. Then, when they finally let him out, he got right back at it. Good for him. In response, a giant fence was erected around the church. This fence has the distinction of being the first wall making major news in the past several years that is not racist. Funny that. It's all good though, because while details are still coming in, it appears as though a convoy drove up from Calgary and tore the fence down. Personally, I think they should have gotten a catered barbecue for the event. I know of a guy in Ontario who might have been able to help. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm glad they did. A selectively enforced law is no law at all. Our governments and police did nothing to stop the railroad blockades. They turned a blind eye to rioting and looting. Hell, there's even holy buildings from other religions that are open and unmolested, presumably because it would cause bad press. What in the deuterocanonical fuck does the law have to say about deciding which religions are above it? I've talked about it before, but backing the blue is getting harder every day and handpicking which people are going to be punished for breaking laws isn't doing them any favors. Now, 
Several provinces have recently strengthened lockdown measures, including Alberta, Ontario, and fucking Quebec. And you don't have to look very far to find someone who's pissed off about it. The people making these decisions have no skin in the game. You have a bunch of entitled assholes who haven't missed a dollar of their salary deciding that the people who pay their salaries have to stay home and slowly starve to death. This isn't a new thought. So many people have called it out, rightly, for how unfair it is. But no one is really suggesting anything to fix it. Yet. Bear with me. This is even worse when you think about the fact that MPs got a raise on April 1st. They complained about it. They didn't want to take it, but they had to because it was the law. Bitch, you people are paid to make the laws. Fix it. A few of the more magnanimous politicians are donating these raises to various charities. How fucking noble of you to get a $6,000 tax write-off. These lockdowns are stupid, even for the Canadian government. We've been doing this for over a year. So many businesses, except Amazon and Walmart, of course, are so close to closing at this point, it doesn't matter what you legislate. They're just going to stay open anyway. And if they close down again, it's the end of the line for them. If they stay open and you ticket them, well, that's a chance they're willing to take. Nobody fights harder than a man with nothing to lose, and you have created an army of them. We need a new law on the books. Something like the We're Actually All In This Together Now Act. Because right now, we are not all in this together. In fact, the last time someone said that, and it was remotely true, it was the Rolling Stones, and they were talking about Justin's mother. So, dear listener, 222 minutes is gonna do some spitballing. Get comfy. Politicians care about exactly three things. Getting power, staying in power, and their fucking paychecks. People respond to incentives, so let's give them one. Let's make it a law that any economic shutdown penalizes them 10% of their salary for every month it continues. When it's done, they get to go back to normal. Do you think the liberals would have worried about how racist it was to shut down airports if they had a vested interest in actually stopping this virus? Do you think that Trudeau would have spent months waking and baking at home instead of figuring out the vaccine supply chain? Even if you remember that he's already independently wealthy, there's a lot of people on his team that aren't. They'd have made sure that Canada had more injections than Amy Winehouse. And if they complain that a shutdown has gone on for 10 months and they have zero income, well, why don't they look a hairdresser in the eye and tell them how unfair it is? And let's not stop there. Instead of tying MP pay increases to inflation like we do currently, let's start tying them to GDP. How many pipelines do you think would get canceled if it affected the cash flow they have earmarked for travertine tiles in the bathroom of their second home? Planned economies, plan for failure, and there would be a hell of a lot less cronyism if it started crushing their T4s just as hard as it does ours. Hell, 
You might even start seeing the odd NDP initiative based in reality or something close to it. I'm sorry if I sound like I have a stick up my ass so big some kid could build a treehouse in it, but politicians are too far removed from the consequences of their decisions, and that needs to stop. Again, folks, thanks for listening. The reviews keep coming in on iTunes. Thanks for those as well. And if you're leaving a review, feel free to say something fun along with it. I left a review for this show recently. It said, this is me. I don't know why they let me do this, but I'm giving it five stars. Fill your ear holes. You'll be glad you did. But that's just my 222 cents on my 222 cents.